0: Go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 14. We're going to ask that the Lord speak to us today as we spend a few moments in the reading of the word, and then we spend a few moments reflecting on the word. I would, I would encourage you right now to go ahead and turn to Luke chapter 14 and we're going to read and we're going to ask the Lord to lead this moment. I love these moments. Uh, There's no moment more intimate than being in a car and there's nothing like being in a fresh brand new rental while your car is getting repaired. And it's got less than 5,000 miles on it. It's still got that new car smell. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> today, it's the read, rent, and rant in the name of Jesus. <laughs> oh, man, I'm wilding. All right, we're going to pray, and then we're going to get into it. And we're just going to ask the Lord to speak to us today. As we read his word, dearly Father, we thank you for this moment, this time, Lord, together, Lord, that we get to spend in the reading of your word. Father, we know that your word is truth. We know that your word is food. Give us our sustenance for today. Lord God, as we engage in your word, Father, we pray, Lord, that your spirit, Lord, will breathe into this moment and will reveal the goodness of who you are, your grace and mercy, revealing your will. Convict us, Lord where we need conviction correct us where we need correction lord reveal to us lord what you intend for us today that we may be transformed by your word and we say that in jesus name amen luke 14 verse 1 and it says this now it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the pharisees to eat bread on the sabbath but they watched him closely and behold, there was a certain man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus answering spoke to the lawyers and Pharisees saying, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent and he took him and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them saying, which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day and they could not answer him regarding these things. Hmm. So he told a parable to those who were invited when he noted how they chose the best places saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in the best place, lest one more honorable than him, than you be invited by him and he who invited you and in him come and say to you, give place to this man. And then you begin with shame to take the lowest place. When you're invited, go and sit down in the lowest place so that when he who invited you comes, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will have glory in the presence of those who sit at the table with you. For whoever exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Then he also said to him who invited him, when you give a dinner or a supper, do not ask your friends, your brothers, your relatives, nor rich neighbors, lest they also invite you back and you be repaid. When you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you'll be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you shall be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Hmm. Now, when one of those who sat at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, blessed is he who shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then he said to him, a certain man gave a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are not ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground. I must go see it. And I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house being angry said to a servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind." And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded and still there is no room. Then the master said to the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that they that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who were invited shall taste my supper. Now great multitudes went with him and he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you, intending to build a tower, does not sit down first and count the cost, whether he has enough to finish it. Lest after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all see it and begin to mock him. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor for the dunghill, but men throw it out. He who has ears, let him hear. Chapter 15. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. He spoke this parable to them saying, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the 99 in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors saying to them, rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep, which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Or what woman having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin does not light a lamp, sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying rejoice with me for I have found the peace, which is lost which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Then he said, a certain man had two sons and the younger of them said to his father, father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood and not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land and he began to be in want and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into the fields to feed the swine and he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. When he came to himself, he said, how many of my father's high servants have bread enough and to spare? and I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, and when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be married. Now his older son was in the field and As he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. But he was hungry and would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you, I never transgress your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. As soon as a son of yours, who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you kill the fatted calf for him. And he said to him, son, you are always with me. And all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad for your brother was was dead and is alive again. And was lost. And is found. Chapter 16. He also said to his disciples, there was a certain rich man who had a steward. And an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him and said to him, what is this? I hear about you give an account of your stewardship for you can no longer be a steward, then the steward said within himself, what shall I do for my master is taking my stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I am ashamed to beg. I've resolved what to do that when I'm put out of the stewardship, they may receive me into their houses. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him and said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to them, take your bill and sit down quickly and write 50. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? So he said, a hundred measures of wheat. He said to them, take your bill and write 80. So the master commended the unjust steward because he had dealt shrewdly for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that you, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. He who is faithful in what is least is faithful also in much. And he who is unjust in what is least is also unjust in much. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who who will commit to your trust the true riches? And if you have not been faithful in what is another man's, who will give you what is your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Now the Pharisees, who were lovers of money, also heard these things, and they derided him. And he said to them, you are those who justify yourselves before men, but God knows your hearts for what is highly esteemed among men is abominable in the sight of God. The law and the prophets were until John, since the time, the kingdom of God has been preached and everyone is pressing into it. And it is easier for heaven and earth to pass away than for one tittle of the law to fail. Whoever divorces his wife and marries another commits adultery and whoever marries her who is divorced from her husband, commits adultery context y'all context (laughs) there was a certain rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day but there was a certain beggar named lazarus full of sores who was laid at his gate desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table moreover the dogs came and licked the sores that in your lifetime you received your good things and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted and you are tormented. And besides all this, between us and you, there is a great gulf fixed so that those who want to pass from here to you cannot, nor can those from there pass to us. Then he said, I beg you, therefore, Father, that you would send him to my father's house. For I have five brothers that they may testify to them lest they also come to this place of torment. Abraham said to him, they have Moses and the prophets, let them hear them. And he said, no, father Abraham, but if one goes to them from the dead, they will repent. But he said to him, if they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will be, will they be persuaded though one rise from the dead. I'm going to stop right here. So much to unpack. Obviously, we don't have the time. We're not afforded the time to to unpack all of this. But as we've said before, our focus, what we endeavor to do here is to just spend a few moments in his word. And then to spend a few moments reflecting. And so this is an opportunity that you have as we come together to eavesdrop on just my reflection as I read this text. Unfortunately, a comprehensive Bible study of this text would require us to be here all day. Even a brief comprehensive Bible study of this text would require us to be here all day. And of course, we're not afforded that. But the one thing that I read from this text, which continues to move me every time I read it, is how Jesus utilizes the parables to conceal and reveal, to bring the light, the truth of the gospel of the kingdom. And yet to do it in a very uh, clandestine way, to, uh, to shroud it in a story that would be understood by some And go over the heads of others. Often, even when we read this, it goes over the heads of many today who read it. In part, because when people read it, they read the story, but they don't understand the purpose for the story. They don't understand the purpose for the parable. These parables point to divine truths, but these parables are mysteries, secrets, if you will, and they're called secrets because again they're being concealed. A secret is simply a revelation concealed. Let me say that one more time. A secret is simply a revelation concealed. And yet this is what God continues to do is that he continues to conceal matters. But by his spirit, what we as his disciples do is we reveal what is concealed. The same secrets of God that belong to God, we trust God with those secrets. And yet through those secrets, there are those that are revealed to us by the spirit of God, those of us who have the spirit of God, which is why when Jesus says, for those who have ears, let them hear, that's exactly what Jesus is speaking about. He's saying for the ones who can hear this, who have the spirit of God, the inner voice of God to speak to you as you read this text or as you read the story. Listen to what Jesus is actually saying. This is why Jesus continues to say over and over again, let he who have ears, let them hear because they all got ears. I mean, come on, fam. They all got ears and they're all hearing what he's saying, but they're hearing it with their mind and not with their spirit. Are y'all with me so far? I say that because it is so important that we open our eyes spiritually, that we submit ourselves spiritually, that we open our ears spiritually to what God is saying and what God is revealing through the text as we read it. This is how we ought to posture ourselves every time we read God's word. We read it not with our minds. We read it with our spirit. We read it in prayer and we read it continually asking for the Holy Spirit to reveal the truth of who God is in our reading of the word. This is what we've been doing, y'all. This is what we did in Bible study yesterday, right? If you're on Discord, you ought to caught the Bible study. If you missed it, catch it on Patreon, right? But if you heard it, what did we leave with? We left with, the importance of understanding that the word of God, that is God breathed, Teo nuestros, God inspired, is one that brings revelation by the Spirit of God. You need the Spirit of God to help you, or else you can know a lot of Bible and not know anything. You can have a lot of knowledge and still be ignorant of who God is. And so, what I want to illuminate you towards as we spend a few moments in the word and as you as we've read this word together is to see what jesus is doing here jesus presents a dichotomy in many of his parables we look at the parable in in chapter 15 of the lost sheep there's the hundred, the 99 and then there's the one and so we see there a dichotomy there's among many, the 99 and among many, the one. Then we see the parable of the lost coin and in the parable of the lost coin, we see a woman who had 10 coins and she lost one, a dichotomy. There, there are the, uh, um, there are the nine and then there's the one. So there's the 99 and the one, and now there's the nine and the one. There's a dichotomy here. Then in Luke chapter 15, we see the parable of the lost son. And in the parable of the lost son, there's a dichotomy there as well. This guy who's blowing leaves is killing me right now. I'm sorry, y'all. I'm in the car. Read, rent and rant. I mean, come on, brother. Like, bro, <laughs> I hope you guys don't hear all that noise. You're probably going to hear it on the podcast, though. But hey, this guy's been, I don't know if it's the spirit of God that, that keeps him here. He's just He's finally walking away. I guess he felt me talking about him. <laughs> I'm like, is this man serious? Like, he's just sitting, I mean, he's blowing my car. He's literally blowing my car. Anyway, sorry, y'all. That's just, you know, squirrel, squirrel. That's me. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I apologize. I thought that was an a endangered cat. <laughs> no, it's a guy blowing with his leaf blower. Literally. I mean, he just, I don't know what it is. Anyway, I'm back, y'all. I'm back. I'm sorry. Um, but we see this is how we this is how I do it with God. God's always getting my I'm, I'd be I'd be ready to switch over to something else, and God's like, "Hey, come back, come back, son. Hey, son, come back. Pay attention, pay attention." Um, uh, I am most I'm, I'm pretty confident that if they were to die, if if they had the same diagnoses and the di- same diagnostic tools. To, uh, back then, that they have today, they would have definitely diagnosed me for ADHD. I was a problem child because I could not pay attention. I was I was a problem, uh, but the Lord is kind and He's kept me. Anyway, <clears throat> back to back to my <laughs> back 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 to this y'all. <laughs> Squirrel. <laughs> anyway, okay. And so here, family, I just want you to know. I'm just gonna announce it. It's the last thing I'm gonna say. He's back y'all, he's, he's back. He's back. He's, he's blowing leaves under my car again. I, I don't get it. There's like, there's a hundred other cars here, brother. Oh, Jesus. Anyway, I, I apologize for all the noise. If you get this in the recording, in the podcast, it's all coming in. That's what we're doing. Isn't it, isn't it a beautiful thing when we're, re- we're just recording live? It's a beautiful thing. But going back to what I was saying, we see that Jesus is presenting to us a dichotomy the 99 and the 1 the nine coins and the one lost coin we see the parable of the lost son where there were two sons one son stayed in the house and the other what you know others would call the the, the prodigal son and you've heard that terminology before the prodigal son and so Jesus presents a story in a parable of the prodigal son. Really, it should be the parable of the two sons, not the parable of the lost son, but we get why they presented it that way. And then in Luke chapter 16, we see the parable of the unjust steward, a dichotomy of a man who was wasted his goods. So we had the steward uh, um, and the other workers and the master, of course, not not to i don't want to fully expound on that just to give you an idea of where we're going here you've got the unjust steward and the just workers the dichotomy there then you have the dichotomy of the rich man and lazarus you've got the rich man and you have lazarus why did i present this to you because i want you to see what jesus is doing in these parables is he's presenting two types of people. He's saying the same thing over and over and over again, but he's saying them in different ways. He's saying the same thing in the parable of the lost son as he is in the parable of the lost coin. He's saying the same thing in the parable of the lost sheep as he's saying in the parable of the lost son. He's saying the same thing in the parable of the unjust steward. He's saying the same thing in the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. He's saying there are two types of people. And oh, by the way, there was the parable of the great supper. I forgot that we read that. I apologize. The parable of the Great Supper, again. Those who Jesus, uh, sorry, who the who the the king invited to the supper, who were busy and had other things to do, and those who weren't the ones who were within the vicinity of the the head of the home, the master of the house. The ones who were on the road, who did not live in the neighborhood of the master's home. Dichotomies. Dichotomies. I think I might call this episode dichotomies if this leaf blower would stop blowing the leaves around me. He's doing a great job, though. What is Jesus talking about? And I only have a few moments, so allow me in the few moments that I have because the internet repair guy is coming today. Praise the Lord. He's on the way. I just got a notification. Praise the Lord. So I got to get going back in a minute, but then we'll have internet and then we'll stop doing reading rants in the rental. Well, I can't say we won't stop doing that because we make keep doing that. Who knows, but who is Jesus talking about here? He's talking about the entitled versus. The disenfranchised. Jesus is talking about the ones who expected themselves to be in the house. And those who they would have expected would not be a part of the house. Who is the house? The chosen people of God, who would receive the blessings of God. The house are those who would follow the law. The house were the who they would consider righteous, Israel. This is why Israel's story is so important as we are reading through it. Israel. And among these people in Israel are the scribes, the Pharisees, the goody goodies, the ones who are righteous before the eyes of man, the ones who look good in front of everybody. Those were the ones who felt, hey, we're entitled to the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is for us. And in those worlds, at least in Jesus' world and at Jesus' time, they were the 99. The majority followed the law believing they were the ones exclusively to be the ones who would receive the blessings of God. They believed that they were the chosen people of God for whom God would bring flourishing and righteousness, authority, and power. This, they were the called chosen people of God who were the ones, they were the ones. But among them were the ones who, nope, they, they ain't it. The prostitutes, the, ooh, ready for this? The Gentiles, the non-Christians, you know, those, no, 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 they don't have a place here. No, it's not for them. And yet Jesus says, they're the one. Oh, the 99, they got it together. The 99, they're the ones who got the law. And even though they have the law, you can have the law and obey the law And yet your heart is still far from God. You can have the law and obey the law and be without repentance. You can have head knowledge and not have heart knowledge. You can have information and not have revelation. See the 99 are good by themselves. The nine coins that's Israel. Ah, but the one, the one coin that's lost, that's the one who God pursues. Because the one that's far and the one that's lost is the one who's inclined towards repentance. God doesn't rejoice over the righteous who do not repent. The self-righteous, the righteous by their own standards—you know, the ones who say who pick and choose what's in the law to follow. This is what he was exposing in in Luke chapter fourteen. He's like, "Oh, you obey the law until one of your sheep or one of your goats or one of your rams or or your money gets thrown over the or, or uh, thrown to the side or falls in a ravine. You're gonna go down. You're gonna put the work in to get it. No, you're you're legalistic in a way." That's opportunistic. Oh, you make the law work for you. You make the law become a mechanism for the respecter of persons. Ah, when you follow the laws that the collective decide all right, you can position yourself. You can put yourself at the top of the table. You can make yourself uh the blessed and you, among the blessed and the highly favored. y'all heard that one, right? You can make yourself among the elite in the community because you are so knowledgeable of the word and you're so obedient with the word. Oh my gosh, you're such a good Christian. You're such a bible believing follower. You can put yourself at the top of the table. This is what Israel did. And yet he says, you can put yourself at the top of the table, but guess what? There's only one who's given permission to be at the top of the table. And that's the head of the house. And don't allow the head of the house to enter in and kick you off the front of the table and send you to the back. He's talking to Israel. He's talking to self-righteous Israel. He's talking to the Israel that says, I'm good all by myself. He's talking to the Israel that says, everybody else should do what we believe that ought to be done. These are the rules that ought to be followed. And those who do not, well, you have no place here. Legalism. He's talking to Israel. Because there were two lost sons. Maybe you don't know who these two lost sons are. Let me help you out, family. This is my last one. This is going to bless you. So uh, after this, y'all just do the work. Y'all just do the work. The parable of the lost son is really a parable of two lost sons. And I thank God for this revelation. When I was reading through the text. And I came to this understanding and awareness of who Jesus was actually talking about, Jesus was talking about Isaac and Ishmael. There were the descendants of Isaac, who are the descendants of Israel, who claim Abraham to be their father. And yet there were the descendants of Ishmael, who came from Ishmael who also claimed Abraham to be their father. Did not the scripture say that Abraham would be the father of many nations. And yet while many nations, Abraham fathers, one stayed in the house, remained in covenant. One did the right thing and did it all the time. Ah, uh, But all the others, we got plenty of history to tell you what they did we got plenty of history to tell you what Ishmael's children did. We have plenty of history to tell you what all those on the outside did. They left the house, wasted the possessions, wasted it all and find themselves now in spiritual famine. And eventually, once all was squandered Came back to the Father. The image of Ishmael and Isaac, Ishmael and Israel, is the image of those who are righteous by faith and those who are self righteous. It is the image of God's grace. And He's speaking to actually the Israelites. He's speaking to the children of Israel, the ones who say we've been in the house and the ones who have a problem with those who've been away from the house, distant from the house. The Samaritans, the Ishmaelites, the Africans, the Europeans, they have no place here because they did not obey the rules of the house, but rather had left the house squandered it all and now they return and God does not require them to follow a law or to follow rules or to be servants in the house. But the father meets them as they come in and even though they offered to be servants, God gave them the right to be sons. Those who were lost have now been found. (laughs) The story of the rich man and Lazarus is the story of Israel and Ishmael. See the rich man was clothed in purple and fine linen. The rich man had all the, the accoutrements, the adornment of royalty, of divine spiritual royalty. Ah, but there was a beggar out there. That's the lost son, y'all. Who was sitting at the gate asking to be fed. And yet in the end, the rich man got nothing for eternity. And yet the poor man Lazarus, he received grace. Today, family, who are we? Are we repentive or are we entitled? Are we the rich men in the church or are we the Lazaruses in the church? Are we rich in the spirit or are we poor in the spirit? This is why Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit for they will inherit the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not for those who, who find themselves to be capable on their own, self-righteous, haughty, proud, noses stuck up as if they're better than everybody else. A lot of whom are angry because somehow their theology was better. But fix your eyes on Jesus, the maker of heaven and earth. Dearly Father, I thank you as we close this moment, Father, I ask, Lord, that you would remind us, Lord, to see the dichotomy, to see your heart and who you've called. Let us be convicted, those who are of the faith, but also let us be humbled that we don't become haughty and proud and prideful, proud of our accomplishments, but by your grace. We love you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We give you an honor and praise. And we say that in Jesus' name. Amen.